Yo, what's good, everybody? Eric here with the Gaming Plus Podcast. Back at you with another episode. Just got done with a pretty eventful weekend. Always enjoyable. Knocking Con 2019 just wrapped up. Uh, it was a fun weekend. Uh, a lot going on, like always. Knocking Con is one of the uh, events I look forward to the most uh, year in, year out. We've been going to Knocking Con faithfully since 2014. And uh, this episode of Game Plus Podcast is going to be kind of a re- review of the weekend. So no matter how much I like Nakacon, um, there is no such thing as a perfect convention. And where they do uh, a ton of stuff, you know, right, and uh, the event is enjoyable for the most part, there are some things that could be tweaked, could be reworked. Um, something that could be taken a look at. Uh, right off the bat, two years in a row, the gaming room, uh, the gaming portion of Knockin' Con is phenomenal. I can't say... I mean, it's phenomenal. It, it's great. Uh, the gaming room is separate into three sections. You kind of have your tabletop. Uh, you have like, your arcade games like Dance Dance Revolution, uh, Street Fighter, things like that. Some classic arcade games in there. Uh, classic Japanese arcade games. Like they had Power Stone, Power to- uh, Stone 2. For anyone that's familiar with like the Dreamcast era, uh, Power Stone was one of the best games out. And they had like the ar- arcade machine of it. So it was really cool to see that. Uh, tons of games in there. And then they had the actual like, game room with the console. So you have, you know, your... Xboxes, your PlayStations, uh, PlayStation 2, 3, you know, your Wii's, um, everything in there. And I thought it was real cool. It was actually my first time uh, seeing and actually actually being able to play the PlayStation Classic, the um, mini classic PlayStation that comes with the games preloaded on there. Uh, so kind of got a feel for it, which is good because I was thinking about buying one. So being able to play with one and see it first time before I made the purchase is a uh, it's uh, convenient. But, yeah, the, the gaming rooms were amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's not much I can say. Uh, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with them. There's plenty of space. Uh, the games, the game rooms are separate. And, like I said, into three different sections or three different rooms. The tabletop room isn't, uh, isn't crowded. You know, it's not. There's plenty of ventilation. So, it's not like stale air. You know, like you have a lot of people in the same room. The air could become very stale, uh, kind of like a must, a musty <laughs> smell. Um, but no, I mean, plenty of space. Uh, the people there in charge are very knowledgeable, very friendly, uh, especially for people like that because they have games you can play. They'll teach you how to play the games. Like I said, they're very knowledgeable. They're, they're very approachable. It, it's just good to see that because uh, not all conventions are like that. Uh, and you know to ha- to have these games there, and most people don't know how to play these games. To have people that actually know how to play them, it you know it, it's 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 good to have that because if they didn't know, I mean, you'd be sitting there trying to teach yourself how to play a game, which nobody wants that. They also have the pachinko machines, which I didn't get a chance to actually use, uh, but the pachinko, pachinko machines are always cool. And uh, Naka had plenty of them this year. 
But again, like I said, two years in a row. Uh, last year, they revamped the gaming room to this model that they had this year. And I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say the guy's name is Michael Smith that uh, is in charge of the gaming uh, portion of the convention. I'm not exactly sure. I may have. I want to say I read that somewhere last year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, that part of the convention was amazing. Registration. Registration is usually one of the worst things about Nakakon. And this year, registration was a breeze. Uh, I didn't even go up there, you know, the day before the convention started to kind of get my ticket early. I got there the day of the convention. And it was a breeze. And this actually ties into one of my complaints, which sounds weird, but I'll, I'll get to it. Just uh, bear with me. But, uh, yeah, the registration was great. Uh, parking wasn't as bad either. It was still, there was still a full parking lot, you know, during the day, which you have to expect that it's an anime convention. But it definitely wasn't as crowded as normal. Now, I kind of want to go into a couple negative things before I continue with the rest of the convention. So, uh, like I said, the registration was a breeze, as well as the parking situation wasn't as bad as it normally it normally would have been, because it has always been bad. Uh, registration has always been bad. Uh, lines are extremely long. Uh, people not knowing, you know, the, the volunteers that they have there, the people they have there working in registration, not knowing exactly where you where you need to go if you ask them, you know. Uh, but one thing that they have to do, and they kind of fix this for a few years, is they need to steer clear from Planet Comic Con. Planet Comic Con will be the death of Nakacon if they keep doing this it doesn't make any sense uh now 2014 2015 uh 2013 around you know around you know a few years back several years back nakakon and comic-con or planet comic-con i want to say they they happened on the same weekend it was at the same weekend so it was like you'd have to like pick and choose which one you wanted to go to which is my it's mind-boggling it doesn't make any sense now back then Planet Comic Con, to my knowledge, didn't have that many uh, anime guests. It wasn't really, I mean, you see some anime cosplay, but it wasn't really geared towards, like, Japanese culture. It, it was mainly just like any other Comic Con. You know, you'd have a sprinkle of it in there, but they weren't going af- out of their way to cater towards that to that market. 2019 Comic Con, it's the 20th anniversary. They completely blew Nakakon Con out of the water when it comes to the guest list just completely just destroying them it, it, it was just it didn't make any sense to me because it was like Naka wasn't announcing any guests and it's like it was like every other day you know I was gonna get a tweet from Planet Comic Con about uh you know guests that are gonna be there and matter of fact I, I want to say the last time I got a, a message from them about a new guest announcement was maybe uh, a few days ago and the convention is next week and they're still announcing people but there was just it was a plethora of guests for Planet Comic Con as far as you know pertaining to anime and, and manga like the the voice acting list it was very impressive so when you take that into consideration where you have a bigger convention you know that has better guests than you 
and then their convention is a week after your convention, you know, logic would dictate that you would think that would hurt your ticket sales. And I guarantee you that it did because that's tying back to registration and parking. That's why I said the parking lot wasn't as full. And that's probably why there weren't as many people in the registration. Because there weren't that many, I'm not going to say there weren't that many people there because there was still a packed event, you know, over the whole weekend. But it definitely, I can tell that there weren't that many, there weren't as many people as usual there. Because either A, they were saving their money for, for, for planning Comic Con or, you know, whatever else, whatever the other reasons could be, you know. Honestly, I picked, even though Planet Comic Con had the better guest list, I chose Knocking Con just because it's Knocking Con. I love going. And, you know, that's just what I do every March. But I'm actually just going to go through this guest list real quick about uh, the voice actors that I see on there. And it's not even just the voice actors, it's everyone else that's on here, too. Besides the, you know, just besides the voice acting. It's everyone else. So it's like, even if you don't, even if the voice that the Japanese voice actors were on there or the anime voice actors were on there, they still, they still had a really good guest list for everything else. Like Monica Rial is, is going to be there. Dragon Ball, My Hero Academia, Chris Sabat is going to be there. I mean, those two alone, you know, I mean, that, that's huge. Uh, you know, Vic Mignano was going to be there. Not going to go into that for obvious reasons. He is not going to be there. It was just weird to schedule, and maybe they didn't know, you know. But they always say that they're like the sister conventions. So you would think that they kind of, they have to relay this information to each other. Like, hey, you know, we know that March is usually your thing, but we're going to have our convention. You know, they have they had to know. Honestly, uh not kind of always in March, but they have to move it to a different a different month. I think you should move it to a different month because uh, there's no reason for you to try to compete with Planet Comic Con. The convention is too is too big. And another thing that another way you can look at this is if these people like Chris Sabat, Michael Real. Let's say they want to come to Knockin' Con. They could go to one convention. You know, there's really no way for them to go to two conventions in the same area a week apart. Unless they just stayed in Kansas City, you know, for two, three weeks. They're going to pick the bigger convention more often than not. That's more money in their pocket. So it's like, even if you did reach out to these people, they'd be booked already because they're already booked for Planet Comic Con. I definitely think that that hurt. Uh, this year's convention, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but I'm not going to try to get too negative, but I mean, th- these are things that they do need to take into consideration because you continue to do this in a Planet Comic Con, it looks like they've woken up and they realize, you know, just how big uh, the anime community is. And, you know, if they start to cater to us the way that they did this year, every year, then. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough go for Knock and Con. Uh, besides that, uh, the panels, the panels have been going downhill. I want to say the past uh, few years. Uh, me personally, the panels I like to see. I love to see open discussion panels uh, where you can kind of come together. You know, 
as an anime community and kind of just discuss things that we love. I, I extremely enjoy game shows, trivia, things like that. You know, uh, anime name that tune is. If there's a panel I'm going to go to, and I'm going to go to one panel, it would be anime name that tune. But it just doesn't seem like they have a lot of that uh, anymore. You know, it just seems like. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of fan panels anymore because it, it used to feel like a lot of the panels were ran, run by the fans. Now it just seems like there's a lot of panels. When I say fans, I mean like Congo or people that are actually going to the convention. I, I remember, you know, app, applications going up, you know, for, for guests to pitch, you know, panel ideas and to run panels. I, I've thought about doing it multiple times. You may do it one day. But it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of that going on. I definitely think they need to revamp um, how they're choosing and how and, and how they're picking these panels, uh, the types of panels. Um, I think a, a, some variety needs to be added, and they need to use the the space that they have a lot more efficiently because a lot of these panels, the rooms aren't big enough. You know, you have. They're either they're either the rooms aren't big enough, or the attendees or the people in charge of the door at the, at the panels, or letting the rooms get, you know, just flooded with people. And I get it that people you know pay money for these conventions to go to these panels, but the, I mean you gotta you gotta shut the door sometime. And when you have so many people in there, you know it disrupts the panel. It's a lot more noise than it needs to be. It probably makes it harder for the person running the panel to run the panel. I just think that they, they needed to overhaul that that part of the convention. That's a huge part of the convention, uh, the panels, because besides just getting together with friends, partying, and buying merchandise, the panels is one of the main reasons we go to these conventions. And if the panels are lackluster, that reflects poorly on the convention as a whole. <laughs> Another topic of discussion that I think has been greatly approved since last year was the food. Uh, Nakakon, like I said, the parking is normally pretty, I won't say it's bad, it's just it's a really packed event and the parking lot isn't big enough. So it makes it hard to go to and from. It's it's awesome that the hotel, the Sheridan that the convention center is attached to has like the the shuttle service. But the food on site has been so bad. And this is every, even Planet Comic Con, it's bad. It's bad and it's expensive. This year, it wasn't so bad. Uh, the food's actually pretty good. Um, they have people serving ramen. The ramen's actually pretty tasty. Uh, this year, they had some uh, type of Asian cuisines. Like, uh, I think what I was eating was beef bulgogi served over rice. It's like seven bucks, good amount of food. You know, that was like steak strips with some type of sauce served over a bit of white rice. Pretty good. I, I've spent, you know, seven bucks on some nasty food plenty of times at convention because you're hungry and you don't really have a choice but to spend this money or just not eat, you know? So that was, I, I, that was a definite improvement and I, I appreciate seeing that because... I'm sure someone complained about that because, yeah, the convention food isn't very good and it's it's very it's very overpriced. 
uh, I mean, besides, you know, so we went over food at the convention, panels, the panels, please, if anyone in charge of anything, I can listen to what I'm saying, watch some other reviews, I'm pretty sure other reviews will say it too, uh, panel selection, uh, I, I, I think you need to reach out to the community a lot earlier than you do about, you know, creating panels and, you know, making the convention, you know, do, do your best to make sure the conventions are fun and engaging. Another topic of discussion is reaching out to the press. I find it irritating that, you know, it's like a month before the convention is when they start advertising, when they let the press know that they can apply for press passes. Now, if you're approved for press passes, that does not mean that you get into the convention for free. Not anymore. Um, they charge you. They they still will charge certain people for passes. So uh, this year, for instance, I applied early February. I was notified midway through February that I was approved for press passes. I still had to purchase my my ticket and the ticket for my associates. Uh, I wasn't given any complimentary tickets, which is fine. That's not the problem. The problem is when does pre-registration pre stop for Khan? The tickets are much cheaper in December and earlier in the year than they are two weeks before the convention starts. So the way I look at it is if you're going to charge members of the media, you're going to charge me to take, you know, my time from, from my actual job because a lot of the people that cover these events, this isn't our actual job. I don't get paid enough or anything to cover Nakacon. I do it because I love to do it. So we have to take time off from work and then I have to pay for my ticket. And again, you know, there's people that are helping me, people that are working with me that weekend have to pay for their ticket as well, where I'm perfectly fine with that. But if you would notify us or send these applications out earlier in the year, then it'd give us a more time to prepare. And then we would be able to purchase tickets at a discounted rate because it doesn't make any sense for me to have to spend 60 bucks on a ticket if I would have just pre-register my ticket. Now, one way you look, you can look at it is maybe I should just pre-register my ticket anyway and then apply. I've done that before. Matter of fact, the first year, uh, the first or second year I went to Nakakana, that's what I did. And then I applied for my press tickets when it was able, when I was able to apply for them. And I got them, and then it was a real hassle for me to get my money back. Because if you're going to give me complimentary tickets, I want my money back for the money that I spent on the actual tickets. It just it's it's about organization, and I don't think there's any reason to decide who's going to be pressed a month before the convention starts. It should be done a lot earlier on. Like I remember, and I can probably I can pull up the emails, you know, from Nakacom's uh, press director. I was getting those emails back in December. Convention just started till March, and that's how it should be. It was just a, it was a lot easier to coordinate with the press director. It was a lot easier to schedule and you know apply it, it, schedule and apply 
and actually be there and cover certain events. You know, I, mean, it, I used to have the ability to, you know, interview people, which you still have the ability to do so. <clears throat> but it's a much more convoluted process now than it was before. So it might sound like I'm harping or it might sound like it was a real negative experience. The experience at the convention was great. Like I said, I have fun like I always do. But there are definitely things that I'm not going to try to imply an eye to that they need to fix. That need to be looked at, at least looked at. And that's because I love the convention. You know, it's a hometown convention. I'm going to always go there. I take my kids here. My kids love it. But it's not going to ever get better if we just pretend like it's okay. It's not okay. It, it can definitely improve. So, hopefully it improves. You know, not going to 2020. Can't come fast enough. But when it does, I will be there. And hopefully you guys will be there too. Pretty sure you guys will. Well, thank you guys for listening to me. Really do appreciate it. Like always, like and subscribe to our podcast. Listen to us on Spotify and Google Play Music, Stitcher, and hopefully soon uh, Apple Music, iTunes. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at Gaming Plus Two. Check us out on the web at thegamingplus.com. And like us on Facebook. No, there's a ton of stuff. You can pretty much find us anywhere. Look for the Gaming Plus. Thank you guys and see you later.